up world. Surpass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the new Blazers big man, Cody Zeller, and share a Blazers moment of joy. That's what we'll do to close the show, another moment of joy as we've been doing on Fridays in the offseason. But first, let's talk about Big Z, Cody Zeller, and to join join me in discussing the new man in the middle, or at least the man in the middle off the bench, is Walker Mail, host of Locked on Hornets, and you've heard him on the airways of ESPN Charlotte at 7.30 the game there in beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina. Shout out to Mecklenburg County and surrounding areas. My people. Walker, how you doing? Yeah, there you go. I'm doing well, Mike. How are you doing, man? I could have done the whole thing. Crown Town, Queen City, stand yeah. up. You're a regular uh, local. I'm yeah, surprised. No, I, mean, I didn't I realize we were going to be able to bond over Charlotte on this podcast. I can, I'll fake it. I mean, I'm here. Feel the teal, <laughs> baby. I, I grew <laughs> up with, uh, you know, I think the first NBA game I ever went to, Fred Hoiberg of the Indiana Pacers hit a three at the buzzer to beat the to beat uh, the Charlotte Hornets. So, oh, no, nah, that's, 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 ex- that's an excellent first game memory. And the good news is that since you have a little bit of Charlotte ties, you are going to treat Cody Zeller well up there in Portland. Exactly, exactly. You know who was the starting center for the Hornets that night was Matt Geiger. Oh, yeah, God. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean himself. <laughs> Love me some Matt Geiger. In fact, he's one of the he's one of the more uh, my favorite players that for some reason, like, irrationally so, that I love. It probably only has to do with his uh, appearance. And in fact, a couple of years ago, we had a Matt Geiger fact of the day. That's a thing we did on the Lockdown Hornets podcast a wow. couple of years ago. So love a good Matt Geiger reference. I should have been. Is that, I'm going to have to hit the archives for those. Indeed. <laughs> I think like 2019, maybe 2018. Yeah, we had an intro and everything. We really balled out for Matt Geiger for some reason. So I, I'm happy to share the nostalgia. <laughs> Matt, Matt Geiger seems like someone that Portland Trailblazer fans, like he fits the mold of Portland Trailblazer fans would love. Like he's not particularly big or he's not particularly skilled, but he's like big and plays hard. Um, and he has a unique look. And so everyone, be, he would, you know, he'd be a fan favorite here. Yeah, I'm sure he would. And just if you don't take anything else away from me on this podcast, please just go Google Matt Geiger facts. I mean, we we had a ton of them for the fact of the day. We don't need to talk about it any further. I'm sure that's not why people were listening. But I don't know. They just, got, I feel like this first two minutes of the pod were pretty good. People are hyped well, up now, man. They're okay, charged well, up. Well, well, there you go then. I, I, I will gladly share. Just please go Google Matt Geiger facts and you'll find some interesting t- stuff about that guy. <laughs> well... As mu- I mean, we could we could do twenty minutes on both of us could easily do twenty minutes on Geiger. Um, it's uh, no no prob, but we're here today because Walker, you spent eight years watching Cody Zeller. Um, he's somehow he's the Blazers' big free agent signing this summer. Uh, you know they brought back Norman Powell and then they added Cody Zeller on the on a one year minimum deal. He's going to be their backup center. So what I want to sort of leverage with you today is like what what can fans expect? And let's start on offense and then we'll go to the other side of the ball. But like what does Zeller bring as an offensive threat? And what can what can Blazer fans expect for, from him when they're when he's trying to get buckets or help others do the same? I think so. Cody Zeller has been a player I think has been very undervalued. He's been a guy I've been a fan of for a while. And James Brego just completed his third season here in Charlotte as the head coach. 
never loved his big man rotation. And it primarily consisted of Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo, certainly this past season. Those were the two guys that he was working with really the last two years more so. Yeah, this and is Billy I, Hernan I, Gomez erasure, but I'll let you do it. Oh, no, no, that's no. Billy Billy was, I mean, defensively, he was going to allow you to go to the rim, but tremendous rebounder. Like, I, I don't got a ton of hate for Billy, but yeah, he was here <laughs> as well. And then eventually let go. He's with Pelicans. But when you look at Cody Zeller, I always questioned why James Abrego didn't play him a ton and and didn't play him more than I I thought um th- th- I thought he should have played more you know to put it simpler uh, sure I, and Bismack Biombo I thought would steal minutes that should not be taken away from Cody you look at the net rating Cody was positive anytime he was on the floor and that was a really common theme for him throughout his NBA tenure here in Charlotte. Uh, There was the time where he only played 33 games in 2017 and 2018. And when he was on the floor, the Hornets were a better basketball team. You you had one stat that we would constantly reference in that same year where they were three and 17 in the 20 games that Cody Zeller missed. And it, it just always had a big time impact. And if you look offensively, I think he's a really good drive and kick guy. I think he can use his speed to get around some of the bigger centers and just put pressure on the defense, whether he tries to finish at the rim or he's a smart enough passer to kick it to the outside. I think he's grown into a lot better passer as the years have gone on. And I think that was one of the more valuable things that he could bring to you of, uh, you know, free throw percentage, you know, getting fouled. It wasn't something that he did a ton, but did so the last couple of seasons at basically uh, a three attempt per game rate and could hit, you know, fine, 70 percent. He's not the best rebounder in the world, um, but but Cody, you know, the, the screen assist thing, which I know yep. David Locke, our our CEO boss man, would love to hear me reference. But the screen assist for Cody Zeller always been really good at setting good screens for guys to get around and then Absolutely. create some good offensive opportunities. That's something that he's going to do a good job at. So and he's and he can get you ten. Um, I I think I think offensively Cody does a lot of the little things, and I know that is so cliche. I know people don't want to hear that. He's not going to do a ton of things that people, show up. People are looking for the big things, Walker. I know. I know. But if you look at some of the advanced stats and just you watch his impact on the floor, it is not a coincidence as to why the team overall performs better when he's on the floor rather than when he's off and getting him at the at, at veteran minimum, right? I mean, you sign up for yeah. him in. To get him on that contract, I, it's it's tremendous value for a guy that deserves to be on the floor in an NBA game. Yeah, last year the uh, Hornets were six points per 100 possessions better with Zeller on the court. Um, over the last three seasons, they've, they've consistently been better um, with him on the floor on offense. Uh, defense is a little shakier, but uh, but slightly better the past couple of years. He's been really good. You mentioned the two things I really wanted to touch on, though. I think Cody Zeller is going to be, and with all due respect to Yusuf Nurkic, who I'm sure listens to the show, I think Cody Zeller is going to be the best screener on the Blazers. Like he lays some wood, like he can set yep. a real screen. Um, he's better at, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, he's better at screening than he is at rolling for sure. Yeah, no, I, I would completely agree with that. It's just, and you know, it's funny. I actually thought screens were awful in summer league this year. I, I don't know if that's just always a theme, and I just noticed it more so. I don't know if oh, there was more emphasis, but like watching summer league, I just thought these screens are awful. Like the big guys aren't setting it well enough. The guards aren't rubbing shoulders when they come off of it. But Cody, he is he allows the guards to get free and. 
he is a fast player, just doesn't roll nearly as well, but he is a fast enough player to dive hard and keep the big man on him and, and have, have to, uh, makes the defense scramble a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cody is, is someone that is going to provide that type of thing for you and a smart enough basketball player to just make the right decision in any offensive set you want to run. Yeah. You mentioned it there. He's a really good athlete. Like he, I know that he's a bald white dude and he's seven feet tall and that is not sort of the profile of good athlete. And he's not a leaper. He's not a big dunker, but he's like, he's fast. Like he's a good athlete coming out of college. The reason why he was such a high draft pick is because he was kind of a, I don't want to use this term too loosely, but he was a kind of a freak. Like he was a really good athlete. Um, how much has that diminished in his eight NBA seasons? Like, is he still does he still beat other bigs with his with his athleticism? Yeah, he can. He but not not like he could back in the day. His his knees have taken right. some punishment. Um, he's been banged up. That's the biggest problem with Cody Zeller. Yeah, you know, this is somebody. Yeah, it, it's been the availability for him. Now, the last couple of seasons, it's been. James Borrego keeping him on the bench. He got some DNP CDs. I thought inexplicably so last year. I don't know why. Yeah, in, that was in happening. the bubble season, they like when they just totally were like, "Okay, Cody, you're this week. You're not playing." Like they would uh, just it, they would straight up just run the center rotation and say, "Hey, you you just don't play now." Yeah, didn't make sense to me. Um, but look, James Borrego has been someone that's valued what a modern NBA center is, quote right. unquote, supposed to bring. Borrego has made it apparent that he wants somebody that can protect the rim. And if you don't do that, then we'd like you to shoot three pointers, which sounds really good in theory, of course. But Cody doesn't do those things. You know, he's right. never been a three point threat. You know, he tried it more so two seasons ago, but the percentage was never there. He's just not going to be a knockdown shooter from deep. And then he's also not going to protect the rim at a high level. He can be average at it. I think some stats showed the last couple of seasons, but that that's not his mo. You know, he's a guy that can switch pretty well, and that's where your athleticism comes in. If you want to focus more on that end of the floor, you know, he is a, a good switchable big guy, which matters, and specifically in the playoffs when you look at Portland, who you know is a team that is constantly getting to the postseason. Um, you know, Cody Zeller is somebody that that's going to help you on that side. And I, I know, I think it was Matt Moore who also appears on, you know, the Locked On Podcast Network. He put this stat out there I wanted to bring up. He said only 47 players had at least 150 switches defending the screener, and Zeller was 10th in points allowed in those situations. And so, you know, that's something he's always been able to stay in front of guys on those on those switches. And I think that's really valuable. But you know, you got to look for that stat, and it's hard to find value if you're just looking at the box score the entire time. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about his defense um, because I think we know what he brings on offense. He doesn't he doesn't have a lot of range. Um, he's a good screen setter and and kind of like a smart finisher around the rim. Right. But, but defensively is kind of the question mark for for the Blazers, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> right. They were really bad, um, horrific last year, and the whole idea in some ways behind the Zeller signing is to upgrade over what Ennis Cantor brought. So when we come back in that second segment, let's talk about Cody Zeller's defense. What is he going to bring on that end of the floor? But before we get there, let's talk about sweat block. Sweat block wipes are the antiperspirant solution you've been looking for. They are doctor created and doctor recommended and they work up to seven days per use. They're stronger and more effective than clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed the next morning, wake up, Shower, go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. That's right, guaranteed. Sweat Block's got the dry shirt guarantee. 
the sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. That's how confident they are in this product. So if you are someone who is a big time perspirer, if it has taken away your confidence or challenged what you can wear each and every day, maybe look into sweat block. This could be the solution that you need to give yourself that swagger back and open up your full wardrobe so you don't have to worry. Go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your order. This product's also available at Amazon and at your local CVS. All right. Still chatting here with Walker Mail, host of Locked on Hornets. You've also heard him on ESPN Charlotte. We were talking in the first segment about Cody Zeller's offense, and now I want to shift gears a little bit, talk about the other side of the ball. What will Cody Zeller bring on the defensive end? Can Zeller function in multiple ways? Like, is he only a switch guy? Can he play? Is he? Can he play drop? Like, the the key to a big to a big man in the modern NBA is playing a bunch of different like a bunch of different styles. Can Zeller thrive in those styles? And what does? Where is he going to be best? Well, I think if you want somebody more athletic at that position, then you're going to roll with Zeller, right? Like, so going back to kind of the dunking of him, man, he would slam it on people. You know, he'd give you, you know, maybe 10 a year, something like that, where he'd give you some nice posterized dunks. And then, right. as we mentioned, the injuries kind of took that leaping ability away from him, but he can still move really well. Hence the switching and hence the ability to move a lot better at the five spot than some other guys. He's no unicorn, but I guess the other guys might be a Nurkic. And what I really like about that pairing, having those two together, not playing on the floor at the same time, obviously. But Nurkic can battle against those bigger dudes where that's the thing that Cody Zeller struggles with. His traditional low post defense, it's going to suffer against guys that can catch it on the block, be physical, have a nice post move repertoire and score it. You know, okay, everyone struggles with Joel Embiid. But certainly Cody Zeller is one of those guys that has more of an emphasis on those struggles, right? Like those are the types of players, the traditional big guys that he struggles with more so. And that's when you can go to a Nurkic in those situations. But if you need somebody that has more mobility, okay, go at least give them something to compete with on the perimeter. I think that's where Zeller is going to come into play. Right. And I think that's that's the real value here. He's not he's not a shot blocker, he's not a steals guy, but he is kind of just like a, a sort of stay in front monster, an unsexy, an un, unsexy defender, but um an effective one. And I think, you know, the Hornets, um, they were probably more switch happy in their system than the Blazers have been. It's hard to know what Chauncey Billups will really do, but but I think that versatility uh, at in the center spot, like those, like as you mentioned, like being able to guard teams different ways depending on who you put in there, is um, has some real value. Uh, how much can can Zeller play? Like, what what's like a reason? You know, he's not going to get he's not going to play thirty five minutes a night for this team. But like, what's a reasonable ask to expect to get the most out of him off the bench? Yeah, the most minutes he's ever played a game was. 28 and that came in 2016 2017 the next year he only plays 33 games the year after that he only plays 49 like I I I think Cody Zeller has been someone because of the injuries they've probably been really cautious about limiting his minutes he only played 21 minutes per game last season I thought he should have played more I don't think that was for any reason that he was extremely injured last year or banged up or anything like that uh I think that you can I think he can play 25 minutes a night. And I think, you know, I think he should. Um, as, as far as for the Charlotte Hornets goes, right? Like, I'm not sure what the big man rotation, what opportunities are going to present themselves for, you know, Nurkic, who is a good player. 
But I think Cody Zeller, you could ask of him 25 to, to 30 if you desperately need him with some other, you know, with maybe a lack of depth issue if, if that rears its head because of injuries during the course of the regular season. But Cody is, is someone that can give you that. And you just got to be cautious of 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 just his his uh, lack of health that has um, that has really plagued him the last few years. And I'll say this, too. You know, the Charlotte Hornets, they actually put a lot of resources towards medical attention the last couple of seasons when they cleaned house with Steve Clifford, Rich Cho, and all those guys were gone three years ago. One of the things they did was they really put a lot of resources towards, um, you know, medical science and trying to make sure that they can preserve these guys' bodies a lot better. And Cody mentioned how much of an impact that had on him rehabbing after injuries and staying as healthy as he possibly could. So I think Cody is someone that hopefully, you know, can you can Portland can receive some benefits because of that. But 25 seems like a, a, a good number to put on a Cody Zeller for him to provide an impact. That seems reasonable to me. I mean, one of the big questions here is like Yusuf Nurkic basically can't play more than 30. Like he's kind of max, maxing out at 28 where he's like still good. So whoever is the backup center kind of has to be available for 20 plus because that's that's like to maximize Nurk, you play him 27 minutes and then you you got to scramble for for the other 21 um, off the bench. Uh, and the Blazers only have three dudes on the roster who are taller than six foot six. So, um, <laughs> yeah, any, I mean, any big person is going to have to play all the, anyone tall is going to have to play. I don't know how tall you are Walker, but if I don't know, you are you six, eight? Cause they'll sign you up. Uh, I'm not six, eight. I'm a couple of inches shy. So six, six, I'm still not going to, uh, get over that threshold. I, I'm not playing center against these guys. I mean, hell, yeah, I just, well, Cody Zeller. Got a lot of you. <laughs> they got a lot of six, six dudes with, I don't, with yeah. that power forward mobility. No, I'm, I'm good. I don't even, ha- I don't have the mobility. I don't have the rim protection. I ain't got none of that. Cody Zeller is a lot better signing than I am. I think that's probably a safe bet. Uh, what other than, you know, sort of on court stuff, what is, what is Cody Zeller like as a, as a person? Like you spend some time around him, covered him for a while. What's, what's he like as a person? Oh man, he's funny. You know, his Twitter account is great. You know, he's constantly joking there. Uh, I, I always, he's got that dry humor. Uh, he's extremely accepting and, and, you know, when, and he's welcoming too, I think in any of the media day sessions that he would be a part of, whether it be the exit interviews or the introductory interviews as the seasons would come about, you know, one, he would constantly clown with you, which was always fun, but he was extremely welcoming of any question. Uh, if I, you know, Marvin Williams was the guy that was winning all of the media awards when he was yeah, here because best. he was such a, a great dude, but Cody would have taken that award had Marvin Williams not been on this team. And so, yeah, I mean, as far as a guy, He's going to be a really good locker room guy. Media is going to love talking with them, however much they they talk to him every day. And uh, and the other thing is, I think I think players are going to love him too. One, if it, he's the kind of guy that if you don't like Cody, then there's something wrong with you. The other thing is, he just plays hard constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there was a category in the box score for bloody noses, Cody Zeller would be the MVP of this league. Uh, that that guy's always on the floor. And it, and it goes to a little bit of his injury history, right? Like, it's because he plays so hard, you just want him to chill out. You're probably not going to get that basketball that's in the fifth row of the stands, but you can try, and then you can get a bloody nose, and hopefully uh, hopefully you'll be able to play the next game. But, you know, he'll be like, all right, I'm still going to cut my losses and try to go after that basketball. And I think that's going to be something the players gravitate towards, as well as just an easy fan favorite when, when a player is going for stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, he's the injuries have been all over, right? Hand, back, yeah, hip. Right, right. It's like the body, <laughs> whole body thing. So yeah, less crashes to the floor, Cody, I think could could uh, could really help. 
Walker, thank you so much for uh, for joining me, for hopping on and sharing a little insight into the world of of the big handsome. Um, I don't. I was going to say when you talked about his sexiness, I was going to say he's got a nickname that alludes to that a little bit. (laughs) I mean, um, we're all heading the direction of uh, of Cody Zeller's hairline, one way or another. So I'm glad that he's celebrated as the big handsome. Shout out to the to to the man himself. Um, should have gone to Carolina though, like his brother, but Hey, what are you going to do? Um, if you want more of Walker, uh, he hosts locked on Hornets right here on this podcast. Uh, it's, they do a wonderful job him over there with uh, Nat Edwards. It's, it's a ton of fun. And apparently you can learn a lot about Matt Geiger. And if that's, if you listen to this podcast and that's not a sell for you, I am shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> uh, also if you're in the Charlotte area, turn on your, turn on your radio. You'll get to hear more of Walker mail. Walker, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, man, I had a blast. Thanks for having me on. In the third segment, I want to close the show talking about Blazers' moments of joy. And we've been doing these all off-season long, sharing them on uh, end-of-the-week shows about a moment that's brought you joy in Blazerland, what, why you fell in love with this team or how this team brings, brings you joy. So that's what we'll do. Listener Alyssa has been kind enough to share a moment of joy with us, so I will share it with you to close out the show in the third segment. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. It's just the best-tasting protein bar that there is. No gimmicks, no games. Just a delicious protein bar. And flavors for any type of palate. If you're into the heavy chocolate flavors, well, what about double chocolate or mint brownie or even German chocolate, cookies and cream? If you want a fruitier flavor, they got cherry barcia and raspberry, strawberry, and orange. There's a flavor for everybody. But if you don't know what you like, you can get a mix box. You'll get two of each flavor. You can find out what you like and order more from there. Built Bars are not only the best tasting bars on the market. They're also healthy too. Peep the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and no more than five grams of net carbs. It's amazing flavors. They're all healthy, all tasty. What more do you want? Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.ag. And y'all, it's that time of year again. All eyes are turned to football. This weekend is the return of college football, and the NFL is not too far behind. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot to bet on all things pro and college football. You can get updated odds, props, and contests, including the Internet's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest, both of which are open now at BetOnline.ag. So head on over to that website, sign up today, and when you do, using the promo code LOCKDOWN, you will get a 100% welcome bonus. They will match you dollar for dollar on your first deposit. So be sure to take advantage also of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th NFL season opener between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. That's only for new customers and only when you're signing up using promo code NFL 100. That's a couple different promo codes for you. A couple different ways to save. Not bad, right? Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. Thanks again to Walker Mail, host of Locked on Hornets, who joined us in the first two segments. 
Now it's time to share a segment or, or to get into a segment we've done in the off-season regularly. It's a Blazers moment of joy. I've been asking listeners to uh, share with me reasons why they fell in love with the team or, or, a, or a memory about the Blazers that brings them joy or just a moment of happiness, why we love the sport, why we love Trailblazers basketball. I've been sharing with you all summer in the, the late in the week off-season episodes, sometimes Thursday, sometimes Friday, depending on, on the schedule. There was a Friday show, but... but the, Things have changed. So it's a late in the week episode, end of the week, ep- end of the week segment here. And listener Alyssa was, was kind enough to uh, share a Blazers moment of joy with us. I'm going to read it here for you now. It wasn't until my move to Portland, the first Trailblazers game back in 2015, that I built a real interest in the team. There was something about the Moda Center, the fans, the team, and the intense, intense emotions that had me hooked. I'm a mental health therapist and work with youth with high acuity needs. The Blazers have been my self-care, my distraction from the mental exhaustion that my career is. I continue to become more and more addicted to the Blazers, now not missing a game and listening to each one of the Locked On Blazers episodes. I can get lost in the games and the podcasts to where I am not thinking about the difficult session that occurred at the office. So thanks for being my self-care. Blazers and Lockdown Blazers and continuing to show up. Alyssa, you are the one who's doing the showing up. So thank you. And a Blazers moment of joy as an escape from the challenges of real life is, uh, I think, an emotion and experience we can all relate to. I have at times on this podcast, if you're a regular listener, kind of um, gone back and forth between wanting this place to be a spot where you can escape because life is so challenging. It's kind of the the um, the impetus of this sort of Blazers moment of joy segment is that I want, I want this to be a place where we can get away and have fun and remember the happy and wonderful things in our lives or, or just remember happy moments or hear someone else's joy. Sometimes it's nice to just sort of experience someone else having a nice time through this through these segments to kind of remind us of, of things we love. But I've also not shied away or done my best not to shy away from things that are difficult. Uh, the NBA is, um, has, has run, you know, in parallel and intersected with the real social issues of, of our time. And I, I think um, I have maybe felt sometimes guilty about using sports as my escape because I want... Um, there are things, you know, there are sort of like moral things that exist in our world that, that sports had, you know, butt up against, uh, you know, racial injustice, sexual assault, all all of sort of just like real things that happen in our lives that like also happen within the realm of sports or sports intersect with that. I don't think like there is nothing, you know, your sports team is political, even if you don't want it to be, uh, this, like the existence of something is, uh, exists exists in the political realm or exists in sort of the social realm, even if you don't want it to be. So I've at times felt guilty about this as an escape. Uh, I thought particularly during the bubble, um, it was like, maybe they shouldn't be doing this. Um, but I also felt so comforted by being being able to watch NBA games and and just like watch fanless NBA games and kind of pour back into something that felt normal again. So while at times I have felt some guilt or maybe some... Uh, mixed emotions around using sports as an escape. 
I also just, it is just a natural part of my own life. And I think it's a natural part of our own lives. It's okay to pour into something that feels a little frivolous. Um, sports have, they offer that. They don't have to feel so serious and heavy and important the way that like our real lives or things with like, um, a little more stakes can can like a, a Tuesday NBA game in the middle of February is just a wonderful thing to sort of escape into for three hours. So I'm I sports as sports as self care sports as a place to go to feel that comfort to to have a to have a thing that is not the challenges of a real world. That's kind of what I want this podcast to be. That's kind of why I think, you know, having a, having a often daily and, you know, multi-time a week place where you can just say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes thinking about the thing I love. That's what I want this to be. I don't always want it to be, and I'm not always going to make it like I'm, I'm, I'm still going to talk about challenging topics, but it is, it feels very human to me to have sports be our escape. Uh, they are not outside of politics or outside the social realm, but they can be a place where we can slowly duck away from those things momentarily and maybe not face them head on. So Alyssa, I'm glad that you find joy and you find peace and and some comfort in just watching Blazer games, staying connected to the team, listening to the podcast and all those things. I think, um, I think that version of, of sort of joy or peace as, as like comfort away from, uh, away from what is our, real lives, quote unquote, there. Um, I, I think it's a, a, a very, I think it's very normal, very sort of relatable feeling. So uh, I'm glad that you find these moments of joy, Alyssa. And thanks so much for uh, for sharing this, that, that moment, this escape with all of us, because it's something we can, that many, many, many of us, I'm sure can relate to. If you want to share a Blazers moment of joy, the off season ain't over yet. Still rolling along. So uh, if you have one, it doesn't have to be. It can be whatever. Like it's I, what I like about these is uh, listeners have have adapted them to be what they are. Like you hear moment of joy with the Blazers, whatever that means to you, share it with me. I would love that. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be anything you've heard. It can be something new. It can be similar to what you've heard. Whatever it is, why the Blazers bring you joy, the moment you fell in love with the Blazers, any of those things. If you have that. Share it with us, and I'd love I'd love for your fellow listeners to hear about it on the podcast, so it can be their own little escape or their own little reminder that during the life's challenges, that why we love this game, why we love this team, why we love this stuff. So share it with me, locked on blazerspod at gmail.com. Shoot me an email with your Trailblazers moment of joy. Thanks again to Walker Mail for joining the podcast. We got more interviews coming next week. Uh, the offseason off and, and back to school has proved a little bit challenging, but I think I've finally wrangled in some interviews I've been, uh, I've been uh, trying, to, trying to nail down. I thought I was going to get a couple this week, but we got Walker in, and I'm truly thankful for it. We'll also do Mailbag Monday next week, so uh, we're going we're gonna to keep rolling with our typical, our typical programming. If you want to get involved in the Mailbag Show, lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com or just tweet at me, at Mike G. Rich on Twitter. Do me a favor. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers and we'll be right there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.